Welcome to the Pre-PT Grind Podcast. Before we begin this episode, we would like to thank you for taking the time to invest in yourself as a Pre-PT on your journey to becoming a future doctor of physical therapy. This episode has been sponsored by our Acceptance Navigator Series, which is a free four-part Pre-PT video series where we teach you exactly how to take full control of your PT school acceptance journey, as well as how to find clarity and direction as a pre-PT so that you can dominate your application regardless of your GPA, GRE score, or fear of PT school rejection. Learn how to get into the driver's seat of your acceptance journey and not leave your acceptance to chance by shooting in the dark and hoping for the best as an applicant. This is the most value that we have given away and it's free. Take control of your pre-PT journey today by going to www.acceptancenavigator.com. That's www.acceptancenavigator.com. This episode has also been sponsored by our friends at ptschoolprobe.com. Listen to this. One of the biggest fatal application mistakes that thousands of PT school applicants make each year when applying to PT school is not applying to schools that are a perfect match for them. Partnering with our friends at PT School Probe has made that a problem of the past. As PT School Probe makes it extremely easy to plug in and enter what you're looking for in your ideal schools, and you will be immediately matched up with your perfect match DPT programs in the United States. To get matched and locked into your perfect DPT school programs, go to www.ptschoolprobe.com, www.ptschoolprobe.com, and use the code PREPTGRIND in lowercase letters to get a discount and let them know that we sent you there. That's PREPTGRIND for your code. This will save you hundreds of dollars in your application by helping you avoid throwing away money at the wrong schools and saving tens of thousands of dollars lost every year that you miss out on becoming a DPT. So go to www.ptschoolprobe, that's ptschoolprobe, probe.com, and use the code preptgrind in lowercase letters to get a discount and let them know that we sent you. And that's because we got you covered and we are excited to share this next episode with you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast episode. We look forward to serving you. Have a blast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pre-PT Grind, where we help you become the best Pre-PT applicant and student that you can be. My name is Brianna Drapp, and I'm your host for today's faculty highlight interview. I'm very excited to be on here today because we have the program manager and admissions liaison of Loma Linda University, Ms. Heather Hepburn, joining us today to answer a few questions regarding their program. Thank you, Heather, for taking time out of your day to chat with me. Oh, thank you so much, Brianna. I love Pre-PT Grind and everything that it's doing for prospective students. I think it's amazing that you guys are helping everyone out. So I'm very honored to be here. Thank you so much. We really appreciate hearing positive input from faculty and admissions coordinators because it really shows that what we're doing is really helping students along their journey towards becoming physical therapists. Excellent. I love it because it's such an amazing field, but a lot of times when you're looking at multiple schools, they have different requirements. They look at applicants a little differently. Students can get a little lost. So just being able to provide a roadmap or a guide on how to get here, I think is so beneficial. And I love that you guys are doing that. Yes, especially because our main mission is to help students save time and money. So making sure that, as you said, they're researching the universities properly to understand that they're getting the correct prerequisite courses in and have the right classes and are getting the right amount of letters of rec really just helps students along their way to make sure they're absolutely 100% prepared before sending in their applications. I agree. I'm very much on being time efficient, financially friendly. So I think that's amazing. I always recommend students apply to about three to five schools. We've had some students that apply to 20 to 30 different programs. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, one, how do you keep track of everything you need to do for each school? And then just the financial side of that becomes a little bit of a burden. Being able to apply to five schools, I think is amazing. And just really hone in on what they're looking for in their application. Absolutely. I 100% agree. And we usually say about the same from four to seven schools, just to make sure that you're not spending so much money that you can't even afford PT school at the end of it because of all the schools you're applying to. And then 
as you're probably aware, there's a lot of schools who have secondary applications too. We have a secondary application. It's free because we feel you paid enough through PTCAS, but some schools require payment for their secondary application. All right. So let's dive into the first question. In five Perfect. minutes or less, tell us about what led you to your position at Loma Linda University and any experiences you might have had with physical therapy. I actually started out at Loma Linda University in a different program. One day I was working and the department chair of physical therapy walked by my office and asked if I had some time to meet with him. I said, oh yeah, absolutely. We scheduled a day and time. I met with him and he said he had a position opening up and was wondering if I would be interested in it. I said, well, what's the position? And he told me that it was the admission liaison position. And what the admission liaison did was met with prospective students, answered any questions they have, go over their transcripts and complete evaluations of their transcripts, see if they're missing prerequisites, what their GPA is, the way Loma Linda will calculate it. If their GPA is not quite at a competitive mark, make recommendations to help the applicant become competitive for Loma Linda. And then also running the application interview process, helping students once they have been admitted, getting ready for registration. This is something that I really connected with and I thought was amazing because I remember when I was going through school, you were just kind of on your own. It was figure out what you want to do and figure out how to complete it. You really didn't have a roadmap, anyone to go to. I really love this because physical therapy is such an incredible field. And a lot of times students get discouraged just because they don't have someone to reach out to. I've had some students that their GPA wasn't the best. They got a little discouraged. They would meet with me and they go, I know I'm not competitive for your school. I'm thinking, is this even for me? I say, okay, well, let's look at your transcripts. I'll go over your GPA. And then I say, oh, look, just retake these two courses. And now you're competitive. Do this with your application, practice interviewing. And then they become a whole new person because now they have that hope for their dream, they get into PT school. And a lot of times it's just maybe one or two classes standing in their way, or it's just a question they had that they needed some help getting the answers to. It was something that I was really passionate about because there's so many people who are going to be phenomenal PTs that might not even have the chance because they just don't have someone to reach out to. So I personally love being in this position. I love that our department has a position for students to come to. So that's how I came to this position, all because Dr. Chinook walked down the hallway and asked if I was interested in helping out students. And I said, absolutely, yes. To answer your second part of the question, what have my experiences in PT been? I have a bad back. I've had different injuries. And a few years ago, I got a little hurt. I had problems putting on my shoes. It just, life was very miserable. I was in so much pain. I had problems sleeping at night. I'd be sitting at my desk trying not to cry because I was in so much pain. Never wanting to bother our faculty because that's just my personality and they're super busy and I'm here to help them so they can help students and they can help patients. I was actually talking to one of the PTs about my back and they said, oh, let me just take a look at you. And they said, okay, we need to do this. We need to do that. They gave me some exercises to strengthen my hamstring, strengthen my glutes. So to prevent future back injuries. Oh my goodness. I was a completely different person. My pain was gone. It was, I don't want to say it was a simple appointment, but it, it, it kind of was a simple appointment. They did a few things and it was just completely different for me. And I thought, oh my goodness, everyone needs to go and see PTs at least once a year because there's so many of us, we have different little aches and pains. And if you go to physicians, they want to either throw medications at you or they want to put you in surgery. They're always a little too quick to drug you up or cut you up. Physical therapy, they look at what's the root of causing your pain and let's fix that problem. Even now, when my back starts to flare up a little bit, I do my at-home exercises that our faculty member, Dr. Wilson, I love Dr. Wilson. She is phenomenal. So if you come to Loma Linda, she's amazing. You're going to love her. So I do my at-home exercises that Dr. Wilson gave me, and then my pain goes away, and then I'm a lot stronger. 
I am human, so I sometimes forget to do my at-home exercises, and that's why my back pain comes back up. But then I'm like, oh yeah, let me go do those exercises. Yeah, I agree with that. And funny story, I'm a physical therapist assistant by background and got my license in January. So I'll sometimes, no, thank you. So sometimes my parents will be like, oh, this hurts or I'm having trouble with this. And I'm like, oh, well, like try these couple of things, see if that helps. If not, like definitely go see a doctor or something. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell my dad it this, these things, or I'll even like, I'll, I'll practice stuff on him just like to see like, oh, maybe this will help. Cause it's like just stuff that I know, like won't mess it up. And so right. it's just really funny because every time he's like, this hurts or that hurts, or I have a problem, I'll like, just give him a couple exercises and he'll, or like a couple stretches and he'll do them. He's like, what is this witchcraft? It's funny how dads are, but yes, PT, it's amazing. I think it's incredible. Absolutely. I agree. And I wanted to go back to your point about when you would talk to students who had maybe a lower GPA or Mm -hmm. they're feeling like lost and they are doubting themselves and they don't even know if this is what they should even be doing. And you kind Mm -hmm. of just not just reassure them, but like let them know, like, here are some of the steps we can take and we can make Mm -hmm. this work. This doesn't mean that you're going to be a terrible PT or if that you can't even do this. To just mm-hmm. reassure them because that was personally for me one of the reasons why I didn't apply right out of undergrad. I felt like I wasn't worth it, that I was too dumb to do it because my undergrad grades, they sucked the first two years. I'm not going to lie. But once I shadowed a PT summer after my sophomore year, the switch went off and I picked my grades up. So I just wish I had found somebody earlier that gave me the confidence. I also love that you're sharing that story because. I feel so many students are in a very similar situation. They feel, oh, some incident, some grades, some class, some person kind of make them feel, I can't do this. I don't have the confidence. When, no, you can do this. It's completely possible. I love that you're sharing that because a lot of students, when I talk to them, they feel like they're the only ones. I get so many times students say, oh, you probably don't see a GPA like mine, do you? No, I see a GPA like yours all the time. This is very common for me, and this is why I'm here. So don't ever feel like, oh, my grades are so bad, I can't do this. Yes, maybe your grades were bad, but let's see what we can do to make them better so you can get into PT school and you can shine in a field that you're meant to be in. A lot of times I see students, their first two years, they're not looking so good because one, you have a little bit more freedom and yes, you're, you're thinking, you're not thinking about that bio exam or you're not thinking about chemistry. You're thinking about, Oh, going to the beach or going snowboarding or hanging out with your friends. And then it's kind of, there, there is that turning point where like, Oh, I want to do PT. This is what I'm passionate about. And then you see a big switch in the grade for students who are just starting out. Don't do your hard sciences your first year. Your first year, you're figuring out college. You're kind of figuring out who you are in this new chapter of your life. Wait until maybe your sophomore or your junior year to start doing your science courses. Once you kind of figure where's your path. Is PC something that you really truly want to do? Figuring out your different professors. Every professor is a little different. And then just kind of figuring out how you schedule everything too. I don't recommend waiting to your very last year because now you're trying to graduate and making sure you have all those requirements done to graduate on time. So you don't want to wait at the very end, but also I don't recommend doing anatomy or chemistry your first quarter or semester. And I've seen some students do it and it does not go well for them. Um, And then they retake the course and now it's like a totally different student took the course because now they're figuring out college and they're more passionate about it too. Yeah. And so that would be the one piece of advice that you would offer students to not take the crazy hard classes day one. Yes. Yes. Year one, knock out your general ed courses, get English out of the way, get history out of the way. Maybe get your toes wet with biology, see how biology goes. And then it's kind of like your little introductory course. Then your sophomore year, take anatomy, take chem, take physics. I agree. Maybe take a psych class. Those aren't too bad. (laughs) Your English comp if you need that one. Exactly. I 100% agree with you. My next question is students put in extra work into bettering certain parts of their application to be the best all around applicant. Since every school values different aspects of the application, 
What is an aspect of the application that you value the most or that catches your attention when seen on an application? So every school is a little different and they all look at applicants differently. I want to touch on just a couple things that I feel make Loma Linda a little unique, but then also other schools probably look at too. GPA. GPA is very important. You need to have a competitive GPA because if we're going to accept you into our program, we want to make sure we watch you graduate three years later. And GPA is a really good indicator of how students will do in the program. But if you are interested in Loma Linda University, you can always email me your unofficial transcripts. I will do an evaluation for you. Work up the GPA the way Loma Linda will work it up. I'll let you know if you're missing any prerequisites. And then also, if your GPA is not quite competitive, I'll make recommendations on what you need to do to make sure your GPA is competitive for Loma Linda. It's usually just a couple of courses. Retake a couple of courses and you'll see how your GPA just skyrockets. GPA is an important factor because again, if we're going to accept you and we're going to take that your tuition money, we want to see you walk at graduation. Now, looking at the application, what's a little unique for Loma Linda? Volunteer work, giving back to the community is huge. I always ask students, do you have any volunteer work outside your observation hours? Have you gone on any mission trips? What do you do out in the community? If there's something that you're involved with, write it in your essays. If you get an interview, talk about it in your interview. So we always like seeing students who are like-minded and wanting to help others out. I have some students who they started PT clubs at their school because there wasn't a pre-PT support system. Love that. Think that is amazing. Tell us about it. That's what we want to hear. That's something that's going to make you stand out. I met with a student who works with children who have different special needs in adaptive sports. Yes, that is something we want to hear about. That makes us excited. Our students have the opportunity to participate in street medicine, go on mission trips. Loma Linda University has possibilities. It's a program with adults and children who have um, different physical hindrances and working in adaptive sports. So we love hearing when students give back. I mean, even if you go to a homeless shelter and you feed the homeless, or you walk down in a homeless community and you hand out sweatshirts, blankets, socks, food, that is something we're passionate about. So if you're involved with that, put it in your essays, put it in your interview. We want to hear about it. Okay, so for the next question, for a student that visits the campus, there's a good chance that they will only see so much of the campus or program. What are some of the things that are unique about your program and that a student would not typically see on a tour, but rather only a student in the program would see or experience? This could include interprofessional opportunities, research components, or any form of student teaching. On campus tours, something that is tangible, physical, that you can see that you probably wouldn't see if you visited is our cadaver lab. We have an incredible cadaver lab. It's state of the art. I'll be honest, I'm not a science person. And I sometimes have to go into the cadaver lab to help TAs with different admin stuff. And I remember the first time I went to the cadaver lab, I'm like, okay, just breathe. You're gonna be okay. Uh, just look at that computer stuff. Everything's fine. And I went in there. I was like, oh, it's really not that bad. We have one wall that is almost full length in windows that we have drapes that we can, or blinds that we can pull down. But it's really nice because you get a look at, because sometimes some labs are just kind of so dark and dingy and you're like, where am I? That's just a little, a little creepy. But ours, we have these huge windows that you can look out, lets the sunlight in. They're very, very respectful with their cadavers. When they're not being used, they're covered in the bags. And then, you know, the ventilation system is much better than it used to be decades ago. So I actually went in there and I was like, oh, it's really not that bad. I'm fine with this. I, the non-science person can do this. So we have our incredible cadaver lab. We have lots of cadavers our students get to work on. So that is something that really stands out in our program that students get to work in with the cadavers. So that's something kind of physical, visible that you wouldn't really see if you came on campus for a tour. Now, those things that we do that's not in tours or really can be seen in campus visits are our mission trips. We are so blessed that we have so many different mission trips that we can go on. Uh, we have university mission trips and we have department mission trips. So what's a little different between the university trips and the department mission trips? University mission trips, 
anyone and everyone in the university can apply and can go to. And wherever you go, you are helping out in whatever area needs help. So you could be working alongside schools, medicine, pharmacy, dentistry, nursing, religion, OT, speech, respiratory therapist. Um, so you could be working alongside all those different students and faculty advisors on a university mission trip and then helping out in whatever area needs to be helped. So maybe they need someone helping with vitals or taking in patients, getting their information, assisting them with different procedures. And then also sometimes you might be helping out building in a community too, maybe helping building at an orphanage or getting a clinic set up with maybe their PT gym. Maybe a hospital doesn't have a PT gym and they're starting up a PT program. So you might be helping getting that gym set up. So that's something that's very interesting and fascinating about our university trips is that you could be going with anyone in the university and helping out in so many different areas. Now, the department mission trips, that is PT specific. You go with a PT advisor, it's with PT students, and you're going to a location to serve in the PT field. A lot of times, too, you will teach a course on physical therapy, too. So it might be on ergonomics or bed transfers. Our students are teaching people in the community either at a church, school, or in a PT clinic itself, kind of what we do here over in the U.S. And then also sometimes, too, they might help out in the community as well. I know we had a few mission trips to Haiti. They needed a wall around their orphanage, so our students helped build a wall around the orphanage to keep the children safe. Uh, they were redoing their kitchen, so our students helped in redoing the kitchen. So those are the little differences between the university and the department mission trips. They run all throughout the year, and they typically go during the breaks. So winter break, spring break, summer break. With COVID, we had to put some of those on hold right now, but we're gearing up on which countries we can go to and start getting back into going on our mission trips. A lot of our mission trips are short-term, about two weeks, 10 days to two weeks long, so we can fit it in with our breaks. Then we do have a few short mission trips to Mexico, which is over the weekend. So you typically leave Friday afternoon and you get back Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. And the mission trips to Mexico, that's PT, OT, speech, and OMP students along with faculty advisors. There's a clinic we go to and we help and treat people in the clinic. So those are our mission trips. That's something that I think is very unique and special about Loma Linda and something that we just love to really provide for our students. The other thing too that we have is street medicine. Street medicine is a free clinic for people in the San Bernardino community where they can come to the clinic and they receive free healthcare. And it's student ran with faculty advisors. So faculty is there to oversee everything, make sure students are doing everything correctly and answer any questions they have. But our students are the ones who are actually evaluating the patients and then also treating them. They also get to work alongside medicine, nursing. I think a few other programs we're looking to join, but at this point in time, it's medicine, nursing, and physical therapy. We go once a week um, to a local church. So people in the community know Wednesday nights, this church, between these times, street medicine is there and they can get free health care. That's all great to hear. And I can see how you really in the student's application are looking into students who have a lot of experience with volunteering, or at least that that's one of their core values to give back to the community. Yes, that's, we're really, like I said earlier, we're really big on just helping out whole person care, giving back to the community, um, making sure everyone is taken care of. So that is something that is near and dear to our heart. Our faculty is extremely supportive. They're here for you. Our staff is amazing. They want to see you be successful at all, as well. So if you have any issues, we're here for you. You can come and talk to us. I have students who come and talk to faculty members about relationship issues. I personally would have never gone to a faculty member with a boyfriend issue, but our students feel so comfortable with our faculty that they feel they can go to them because we're just one big family here. So that's something else that I think makes us very unique and something that you may or may not see on a campus tour. 
I think that speaks volumes because for me personally, one of the core like values is mm-hmm. having a university that I can go to if anything's going wrong, such as if I'm having the absolute worst week of my life, I want to be able to choose a school that's going to be helpful and support me, not only through my academic studies, but I'm a person as well. So having a school that's going to back me up in that sense, having faculty that you can talk to, it really just shows that you guys really genuinely do care about your students. And I think hearing you talk about the faculty that way, just seeing the cohesiveness of everybody, because that trickles down to the students as well. So one thing that we're really big on is whole person care. We believe in treating, you're not just treating the torn ACL or the hip replacement, you're treating the patient who's attached to that injury too and seeing them more than just, oh, you're my nine o'clock, you have a hip replacement, we have to do these exercises. But hey, this is Jane. Jane has two dogs, she goes hiking, she loves the British baking show, which I do too, why I use that as an example. So talk to Jane about that. When she comes in for her appointment, hey, Jane, how are the dogs? Do you have any hiking plans? Okay, so you have a hiking trip planned this day. We're going to work towards getting you in shape and having you physically sound so you can go on that trip. Oh, my goodness. Did you see Paul's comments on that cake they made? You know, connecting with them. We are huge on that. And, you know, we say we're really big on that, but then I also see our faculty members practice that with our students too. I think that's wonderful to hear and that kind of dabbled into the resources that you provide students. Clearly you guys are providing them lots of support as faculty members. I'm assuming you guys probably are mentoring them and making sure that they mentor each other and it just sounds like you have a lot of resources that students can access. Are there other ones besides the ones we mentioned that students can access while they're there for their three years? Yeah, so graduate programs, wherever you go, is going to be stressful. So having a good support system is something that's really going to make you successful and help you manage your stress. So as I discussed, faculty. Our faculty is phenomenal. They have open door policies. If you need to meet with them to go over, for something you missed on an exam, let them know. They'll set up time for you to help you out. Dr. Wilson, who I mentioned earlier, she runs our simulation lab. She'll have open simulation lab where the lab will be open. She will be there. She'll have other people there to help you. If you have any questions, you say, you know, I really was struggling with this bed transfer with the CVA patient. Can you help me with this? Or I was really struggling on how do you do fall prevention? Can you help me with this? So faculty, our faculty is phenomenal. They're here for you. Outside of faculty, we have a student mentorship program. Our second year students will get a group of first year students and they will be their mentors through their first year. And then the next year, those first year students become mentors for our new incoming class. It's such an amazing program because just being able to say, I'm kind of struggling with study habits. What did you do? Oh, this is what I did. This is how it helped me. Or, hey, prepare for this. You know, you have these exams. You want to prepare for it this way. Or just being able to talk to someone about stressors in the program, how they're juggling everything. It's nice to have that. So we have a student mentorship program. And then even our cohorts. So our first year students, they're very supported with their first year class too. So it's not just second years helping out the first year or third years helping out the second and the first years, but just even within the cohort, students get in study groups, they help each other out. If someone's struggling, they invite them in their study group and help them be successful in the program. Now, outside of just being in the department with faculty and students, we have a program called Student Assistance Program, or everyone here, we shorten it to SAP. As a student, students receive 10 free sessions at SAP. This is kind of, I don't want to say just counseling, because it's not just counseling, but if you have test anxiety, they have people there who can help give you tactics on how to help with your test anxiety. If you need help becoming a little bit more organized or how do you study, they have people there who can help with that also. Now, on the other hand too, if you need someone to help to, maybe you're having issues at home 
or just stressors in life and you need someone to talk to you about that, they have counselors there who are certified and able to help you with that as well. So we have our student assistance program. And then Loma Linda being a Christian university, we also have our chaplain's office. So kind of what are our resources here to sum up? Faculty, students, student assistance program, and our chaplain's office. That's amazing. I'm sure the students at the university really appreciate everything that you guys do for them. I personally, if I was there, I would be taking advantage of everything because I went through an accelerated PTA program. That wasn't easy. So it would have been nice to have people to turn to, especially with the mentorship program, just knowing that you as a second year student were like, hey, I know exactly how you feel. This was me a year ago. This is what so-and-so in the year above me did to help me out. And that's just awesome because that also creates a cohesiveness between the cohorts and the entire school was kind of all one big family, as you're kind of mentioning. <laughs> How many students are in each cohort? So we're actually looking to downsize our class size, but we typically try to start off with about 70 students, but we'll have about 60 to 65 who will graduate. We're looking, we're looking to start off this year with 65 students. Then the next year, we might try and start off with 60. And I think we're trying to get down to right around 55. A couple of reasons for this is physical therapy is an incredible field. It is in demand. We want to keep it in demand. We want to be able to help serve the community and the patients who need PTs while still making it a competitive field for our physical therapists. So we don't want to overpopulate or drown the field with a bunch of PTs that now there's not jobs to support them. So we're seeing that there's a lot of PT programs popping up and we're seeing some programs have multiple starting dates and we're kind of going, you're going to overpopulate the field. So what we want to do is we want to make sure our students have jobs once they graduate. Um, so we don't want to be a part of overpopulating the physical therapy field. Also, we're just finding, especially with COVID, we had to change our labs up a little bit. And I can go into our lecture lab setup, how it was, how it was during COVID, and kind of what we're looking forward to seeing. We like the smaller lab groups. We like having more one-on-one -on -one time with our students. And we were doing a really good job about that before COVID. And then COVID made us see that we could probably do a better job with that too. And that's another thing that our faculty, they're always looking at our program, our curriculum, and seeing what can we do to give the best program to our students. So let me touch on a little bit about how our lectures and labs work before COVID and now during COVID. So if we start off with a class size of 70 students, everyone is in a lecture together with one faculty member. Then for labs, what we do is we break labs into half. So if it's a class size of 70, we would have a 34-36 split because you need a lab partner. And then we would have three faculty members in lab with our students. So they have more one-on-one -on -one attention to the students. Some of the labs that are a little bit more critical, some of our stroke labs, some of our mobilization labs, we might have five to seven faculty members and they're overseeing everyone, making sure things are being done correctly and everyone is safe. With COVID, we've been very fortunate that we could keep our labs going this entire time. All of our students and our faculty, they had to wear PPE. We'd have students enter through one door, exit through another door, everything was sanitized. But we also were, we were not allowed to have more than 15 people in a room at a time. So that means 12 students and two faculty members in lab. So that's a nice little one to six ratio there. Where we used to have two labs, we now have five labs. You know, before we had about a one to 12 ratio, one to 14 ratio, which that's still a nice little class size. So we thought, you know, we could do better. And so that's another reason why we're starting to make our class size a little smaller. So our lab groups are smaller. So there's just that more one-on-one -on -one attention to our students. I'm glad you guys are doing that because I definitely can see how students who are in this crazy graduate program with a lot going on, having that more intimate setting will definitely help cultivate their learning a little bit better. Yeah, so if you don't mind me just going into the next question, because you started yeah, to start to talk about the, I'm going to ask you about the admissions 
process and everything because you kind of started dabbling on it and then we got sidetracked. But it's important for students to know when there will be a decision made about their application. So for a student who applies to your program, what can they expect on a timeline of the decision? And if your program conducts interviews or preview dates, what can a student expect during the course of the day? Um, so regarding the application process, PTCAS opens in July and we start accepting applications right away. I always joke and say I'm an impatient person, which makes me really good at my job, but horrible my personal life. So I like to start the interview process as soon as possible. We typically start interviewing in September, but we never guarantee we interview in September because again, a lot of it depends on when applications come in and how they're processed. But usually we hold at least a small interview session in September to start getting everything going. And then our major interview sessions are October, November, December. And then we typically have the last one in January. So decisions. Uh, we accept two different times of the year. We accept the last week in November and we accept the last week in January as well. So then students have an idea of when they can hear back from the program. I always tell students, if you interviewed in October or early November and you don't hear back from us in the last week of November, don't panic. We only accept a small group of students in November, so there's still a very good chance you can be accepted in January. Regarding preview days, we typically try to hold our preview days usually in spring or summer. Uh, just because when we're in autumn, we're in application interviewing process, uh, we just want to dedicate our time to that. So a lot of times our preview days are spring and summer. Right now they're being held through Zoom due to COVID. And we actually have a preview day that's going to be scheduled at the end of June. I have an Instagram post that's going to be going out to give more details about that. But on our preview days on Zoom, we have a couple faculty members there. I am there. We go over the program, what to expect, year at a glance, the application process. And then we also have time to answer your questions. When we have in-person preview days, again, myself and a faculty member will go over the program application process. We will have students at the preview day that you can also ask questions and then we'll go on a tour of the campus too. So that's what you can kind of expect for our preview days. Now, Loma Linda, we do interview applicants. You do have to qualify for an interview and how you qualify for an interview is GPA and when you submit your application. Those who submit their application earlier are the ones who get earlier interviews. If we don't fill our class with the applicants who submitted by our priority deadline, which is October 1st, then we look at those who submit after October 1st and start interviewing them if they meet the GPA interview requirements. Interview day. We have students who will be there to greet you and answer any of your questions. We feel it's very important for our prospective students and our applicants to be able to meet with our current students, kind of ask them questions. You know, how is their process? What do they think of the classes? Even just housing advice. Do you live on campus? Do you live off campus? Also, what other schools did you apply to and why did you choose Loma Linda? We feel that's important for our applicants to hear. After talking to our students while they're waiting for the interview to begin, our students will then be met with a faculty member who will go over the program. This is usually about 30 minutes, kind of what do we expect? We go over dress code with students, the year at a glance, so they know what their next three years are going to look like. Then they will interview with three different faculty members, one-on-one -on -one for nine minutes each. And then after the interview is over, then they have the opportunity to go on a tour of the campus with our current students. I think that's good you have the current students involved in the process because students, and I say this just because I've heard this happen, might say things to the current students that uh, they might not say in their interview that kind of make them seem a little bit not the best fit for your school. I've heard situations of prospective applicants hitting on current students and making them uncomfortable. <laughs> so don't do that on your interview day. Just ask them like from what I've heard in my experience, just ask them like, hey, why'd you choose this school? What's your favorite part about the school? Like, just don't be weird. Don't ask them on a date. <laughs> exactly, yes. And uh, treat everyone with respect. You don't entirely, we never say who's on the admissions committee. So I've had some prospective students and applicants be very rude and disrespectful 
to a high ranking member in the admissions committee because they thought they were low ranking and then turn around and be very polite and kiss up to someone who they thought was high ranking on the admissions committee who wasn't even on the admissions committee. Yes, always be professional. And the thing too, for Loma Linda, when we meet with students, a lot of times we take the persona of the patient. If I were a patient, how would I feel if we had this conversation? If I were a patient and you didn't view my status in life high enough, are you gonna treat me less than because you don't think I hold a high enough position? We really take a lot of that into consideration. So one, just be kind to everyone. I always think if everyone was just kind and polite and respectful to everyone, we'd be in such a much better place as a society and a whole. So, but yeah, definitely take that into consideration when you're interacting with schools, when you're interacting with students, but what are just, what's your personality? Are you someone who's going to stop and let someone else walk through the door or hold the door open for them? Or are you going to be the person that, nope, I matter most and you're going to plow through them. So those are some things that we're looking at and I know other programs are too. That whole kind of concept, treating the janitor the way that you would treat the CEO sort of thing, treating everybody equal and just knowing the second that you're walking in there, like everybody's watching you sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's good to hear you give that advice and just examples of things that students have done that just being a decent person, it doesn't require much effort to stop and hold a door open. It's how you would treat people in real life. So it's good to hear that about Mm -hmm. you just being observant and making sure that the right people get into the program. So exactly, with, yes. yeah. So with that being said, I, on my next question, I have like many students are coming straight from undergrad or they've been out of school for a little bit, such as me working another job, doing a career change. And then once they come back, they're like, oh, okay, well, I'm back in school again. Like, I feel like no matter how long somebody's out of school, they're starting to get like nervous on that first day or that first week because it's a new environment. You have all these people, you're kind of, you're eyeballing everybody and saying, okay, what kind of role is everybody going to play in the class? So for those students experiencing those first day jitters, what can they expect on their first day of class or first week of classes? You know, that's a great question because yes, I mean, first day is nerve wracking for everyone, regardless of where they're coming from. And I think sometimes too, students who have been out of a program for a while, it is a little more nerve wracking than students who maybe just finished up their courses spring quarter and now they're jumping into summer quarter just at a different school. So kind of what does our first day, our first week look like? I'm going to go back just a little bit more. Our first year students always create a Facebook page for their incoming class. That way they can start connecting with their own class and they can start connecting with the first years and they can start connecting with the second years. So they already feel a little bit more familiar with some of their classmates, some of their classmates who might be anatomy TAs, they start connecting with them, which I think is amazing because then on your first day, you kind of already have a few familiar faces. The Sunday before the first day, we have a family welcome night. So this is where we invite our students, their family members, friends, our faculties there. We kind of just go over a little bit of the next three years. And then this also gives our students an opportunity to mingle and just introduce themselves to one another in person, not just over Facebook, so they can start seeing each other and creating those bonds and friendship. First day, we have orientation. And then we provide an orientation lunch for our students. And then after, so orientation's at eight, and that's orientation for the whole program. And then we have lunch, and then anatomy orientation begins at one o'clock. And that's when you get introduced to the anatomy faculty. They go over the course with the students and then let you finish up any last minute details you need to. Our first seven weeks is gross anatomy, and that's all you do for seven weeks. You eat, breathe, sleep, dream anatomy. Monday through Thursday, you're in lecture and lab, and on Friday, you have a written and a lab practical. So your first week, you you really get to know your classmates a lot because you're in lecture with them for two hours, lab with them for two hours in the morning, and then lecture with them for two hours in the afternoon, and then lab with them for two hours in the afternoon. 
So you really just kind of get immersed with your cohort rather quickly, start creating study groups. Our students, I think, I'm sure other programs do it too, but I think our students have a little bit more of an advantage because our first year, they're very big on let's get to know each other. What questions do you have? How can we help you before you even step on campus as a student? So we really try and just make that transition nice and easy for everyone. That's got to help ease the anxiety of a lot of students coming in, especially if they're new to the area or for any other reason, they've been out of school for a bit. They're a little stressed because they just came from undergrad. So <laughs> anybody in those situations, that's good that you guys kind of just make it as smooth as possible, building it up from a couple of weeks back into the first day that it doesn't feel so much like a big hit to the face. So. Exactly. And we're really big on getting in study groups too, because we have found students who are in study groups and they have a great support system they're going to be the most successful in the program. So we really push getting into study groups. Even at interviews, I sometimes joke around like, hey, see the people in your interview group? You guys might be classmates. So just put your study group together now. Like I just kind of joke about that. Because we also try to make the interview process as little stress as possible to get in those study groups right away. Our students start early with the Facebook page. And then we have the family welcome night. And that's good you guys do group interviews so they can see how they interact in a group of people. And you're right, some of those people might be their classmates later down the road. <laughs> With that being said, this is one of the questions that a lot of students want to hear the answer to. And I know you've touched on it a little bit, but there's a lot of pre-PTs out there that they have a rough start to their journey and have lower grades, put themselves in a situation where they decide to lock in later in life. And maybe it's they had a bad first year of school from the transition, or maybe they did something else and came back later and were like, just kidding, I want to do PT. So <laughs> at Pre-PT Grind, our mission is to help push and guide students to take the correct course of action that'll ultimately allow them to get into physical therapy school. For a student with a lower GPA who wants to get into PT school, what do you recommend? My recommendation is picking out which schools you want to apply to, reaching out to them, and asking for their help. So if you are interested in Loma Linda, I would strongly recommend and encourage students to reach out to me personally, email me, and send me their unofficial transcripts. I will complete an evaluation for them let them know exactly where their GPA is. And then if their GPA isn't quite at the competitive mark, I will make recommendations on what is the quickest and most efficient route to make your GPA competitive. I don't wanna waste your time. I don't wanna waste your money. So I always look at how can we get you competitive in the most efficient way. So my recommendation would be for students kind of maybe their first or second year wasn't the best, or maybe they just had a bad quarter where they took a lot of their hard science courses, reaching out to the schools, getting a transcript evaluation completed and seeing exactly where they are and then creating a roadmap from there. I've even had some students go, oh, my GPA is horrible. And then I calculate the GPA and I go, you're actually competitive. And they go, what, I'm competitive? I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't change anything. Just work on practicing interviewing skills submit your application nice and early and then go on from there so yeah so transcript evaluation definitely ask schools if you can get a transcript evaluation completed i think that that's great advice the other thing too i always get some students go should i retake this course and i actually did an evaluation last week where the student said i'm looking at taking these five courses and i said don't take a single one of them they're not going to help your gpa but take these two courses because these two courses, this is what's hurting your GPA. So if that student didn't reach out to me or anyone else, they would have spent the time and money taking five courses that wasn't going to do anything for their GPA. Definitely reach out to people. We can help create just more of a straight line roadmap to the school. Or, you know, it might be your GPA is a little low. This is what you need to do to get here. And you go, I can't do that in the time that it takes for me to apply. Maybe I'm just going to take another year off. So I've had some students who go, oh, I'm just going to apply to see what happens. I said, okay, you can do that. I said, but whether you think you're going to get accepted or not, getting that denied letter is never fun. So let's make yourself competitive so you don't have to go through that process, especially seeing we know exactly where you're at right now completely up to them. We just give advice. I think you're giving some great advice and you've really offered a great 
highlight of the entire program of how the faculty works with each other, the resources offered to the students and how the curriculum is essentially set up. I think you've done a really solid job explaining everything. All right, so that wraps up all the questions I have for you. I wanna thank you again for chatting with me. Do you have any more questions to ask? No, this was amazing. I I love what you guys are doing. I think this is such a phenomenal program for prospective students. But yeah, if anyone has any questions, they're always welcome to email me. I'm happy to answer them or chat with them on the phone or through Zoom. So thank you again so much for having me. I think this has been a wonderful experience. Thank you so much for being on here. Everything that you've offered is going to really help students in their journey. Oh, excellent. Thank you. What's up, guys? It's Casey, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Pre-PT Grind podcast. Now, this episode was sponsored by the Acceptance Navigator series, which is a free four-part Pre-PT video series where we teach you exactly how to take full control of your PT school acceptance journey, as well as how to find clarity and direction as a Pre-PT so that you can dominate your application regardless of your GPA, GRE score, or your dreaded fear of rejection. So learn how to take the driver's seat, the driver's seat of your acceptance journey and to not leave your acceptance just up to chance by shooting in the dark and hoping for the best as an applicant. Like this is the most value we've ever given away and it's free and it's free. So take full control of your pre-PT journey today by going to www.acceptancenavigator.com, www.acceptancenavigator.com. This episode was also brought to you by our friends at ptschoolprobe.com. That's ptschoolprobe.com. Now, one of the biggest fatal application mistakes that thousands of PT school applicants make each year is when applying to PT school without even like having the right match for you as an applicant. So partnering up with our friends at PT School Probe has made this problem a thing of the past. PT School Pro makes it extremely easy to like, just you plug in what you want, you click this, you click that, and boom, it spits out exactly what you're looking for in the school, whether it's cost, location, clinicals, this and that, you put it in, you do, 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 and that's it, that's it. It spits out exactly what you're looking for. No more stress, no more searching, no more anxiety. Put in what you want and bam, the right matches for you and what you're looking for pop up just like that. So to get matched and locked into your perfect DPT school program, go to ptschoolprobe.com. That's www.ptschoolprobe, like P-R-O-B-E.com, ptschoolprobe.com, and use our code PREPTGRIND in all lowercase to get a discount and let them know that your good friends at PREPTGRIND sent you on over. Like this will save you hundreds, maybe thousands of dollars by making sure that you apply to the right schools. So again, ptschoolprobe.com. That's www.ptschoolprobe.com and use our code PREPTGRIND in all lowercase. Hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you on the next one.